Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. Today, as we get started, I want to tell you, we're starting a brand new series today called The Ten Most Powerful Words. And as I, today, as I start this series, I'm just going to lay out the importance of words, and then we'll get into the ten words uh, next week. We'll start that. But as I begin to tell you about these ten most powerful words, I can tell you that words have power. They have power. Yesterday, I made a big mistake. I invited... Uh, one of our uh, people that attend our church is a, a retired NFL football player to run with me. <laughs> yes, mistake. So we, we ran uh, like, we ran five miles, okay? And unfortunately, uh, I had been running a little while and he had not been running that while, but he ran five miles. It's like right out of the bat, I'm like, wow. And, and so by the time we got to the end of the five miles, he was, he was, he was gassed, okay, he was tired really tired. And I thought, okay, I'm going to take advantage of this moment. And so we were about a hundred yards from where we were going to uh, end our time. So we stopped, finished running. We walking around a few minutes and we decided that we would, we would, we would run a hundred yards together just to sort of sprint because they tell you that's what you're supposed to do at the end of run, you know, help yourself. So I said, Hey, Josh, uh, why don't we just r- r- run to that, my, that mailbox down there? It's about 100 yards because he's gas, right? So he said, okay. And so we took off running, and when we did, he pulled ahead of me a little bit. Now, he's 30-some years younger. I mean, 20-some years younger than me. So I said, oh, no. And it became knees and elbows. <laughs> and I want you to know you would have been proud of me because I pulled ahead of him. And when I did, words found power. I said to him, I said, hey, as I'm running, don't let this old man outrun you. And when I said that, that man felt, found jetpacks on his legs. He come by me so fast, it's like a semi comes by a, a small car. It almost blew me off to, to the ditch and he flies by. I'm like, what happened to you? You know, those words have power, right? And I want to tell you, words have power. Matter of fact, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth with words. God spoke the world into existence. When Jesus was walking by a tomb one day of a friend that has passed away, he simply spoke the words, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus walked up out of that grave. It was a power of words that God used to do that. And I want you to know, words are powerful. I can tell you that some words were powerful for me when Rhonda and I was, uh, when I was interested in her when we were teenagers. You know, I didn't want to send her the little note, will you go, will you be my girlfriend? Yes, no, or maybe. (laughs) I was close to doing that because I was scared, but you know, I was like, yes, no, or maybe. But I remember asking her, hey, you know what? Uh, Can I come to your house and see you? That kind of thing. 
And so, of course, then asking her to, to be my girlfriend. And then, then I remember asking her to marry me. Those words were powerful. And I remember asking her father, could I marry his daughter? That was really powerful. What he said to me, really powerful, you know? Like, hey, boy, you better take care of my daughter, you know? You heard her, I'm killing you, you know, kind of thing, or something like that. But then I said those words. We stood at an altar in front of a pastor, and I said, I do. And those words were powerful because I had no clue what I was going to I do too. <laughs> and so anyways, it's been powerful. And for almost 33 years, those words have been powerful holding us together. Amen. So I want to tell you today that words are powerful. And I, this is what I want you to remember throughout this uh, series. I want to, you to remember this. And I have these words that are coming up on the screen. I hope that you'll remember them the rest of your life. And we're going to say them for the next couple of weeks. And they're coming up. So let's say them together. You ready? Here we go. Let's say them. My words are the steering wheel of my life. Words are the steering wheel of my life. In other words, my words are going to dictate where I go and what I do and how far up I go. Words are the steering wheel of my life. So the, the, the title of the message today is this, is how to use words to change my life because your words can change your life. What you begin to speak can change your life. I want to give you three things today. And we're going to go right into the book of James. James, the book of the Bible of James is, is very interesting because it's Jesus' half-brother. We say that because they don't have the same father. You see, God was Jesus' father, and, and uh, Mary and Joseph had James and some other children. And so James begins to talk about this power of the tongue and, and its ability, what it can do. And I want to give you three things today that I think have the potential to shape and change your life to change it in the right direction. And so the first thing I would share with you is this, if you just, it's coming up on the screen is this, is number one is this, is stop trying to change it, change it, and change how I speak about it. Let me say it again. Stop, how, stop trying to change it, change how I speak about it. Okay. The it is what we're trying to emphasize there. This morning, as we look at James, look what James says here. James 3 says this, we can make a large horse turn around and go wherever, uh, go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its what? It's in its mouth. Now, I just, again, am not very good with horses. I don't know why. They say that animals can sense your anxiety. I'm telling you, a horse can do it. There's been many times, as, you know, I used to be a student pastor where I worked with teenagers and we would take them on horseback riding adventures. And every time they would give me the horse that could talk to the other horses. I know they could because I can tell you I'd be in the middle of the pack, trail ride, all right? Those horses, they haven't ran in 20 years, all right? They're just there, you know, they just, they just mope along. You know, you ever been there? And I can tell you that they give me the horse that can talk to the other ones because all of a sudden, out of the middle of the pack, yeah. all of a sudden it goes, Hee! and it takes off and runs around. And all the other horses, they get out of its way, and here we go. <laughs> all I'm saying is, giddy up. Yeah. About to die. <laughs> Scared, screaming like a, like a young lady. Ah! 
So I, me and horses are not friends. I know some of you are great at that, but that doesn't work for me. And so what he's saying is like, I'm trying to move a horse. If you've ever, my, some of my friends had a horses and I was trying to help them corral them sometimes, you know, and trying to get them. And I would go and try to, and try to push that big horse to make it move, move. That dumb horse pushed back. It wouldn't move. And you know what we found out is that you don't move a horse by force. And many of us are trying to change things around us by force. You don't, you don't change things by force many times. You change things by how you speak to it many times. There's a picture of a, of a person here riding a horse, a smaller person. See that little person on that big horse? They got control. That person on that horse, that small person has control of that horse by the reins because they're controlling its mouth. They realize if they can control that horse's mouth, they can control that whole animal. Oh, listen to that. <laughs> Did you hear that? If you can control your mouth, you can control everything. Amen? Amen. Amen. So one of the greatest lessons we got to learn, if we're going to control our life, it starts with our mouth. Yes. Let's control our mouth. I would tell you that I as I have read about uh, the Jewish culture, and still to this day, things that they do just amaze me in, in a good way. And that is this, is that uh, they celebrate their Sabbath day on Saturday. So every Friday night before Sabbath day, they'll bring their children in. And they'll have their children come in and they'll lay their hands on their children. And when they lay their hands on their children, they say this prayer. It's coming up on the screen. You might want to write this down. It's called the priestly prayer. And it says this, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And they'll pray that over their children every, every Friday. But when, they, when the prayer is done, they don't just stop there. They start telling their children, they start telling them everything that they've done good that week. They start saying, you know, you picked up all your toys this week. That was great. You know, this week you did not hit your sister. That is wonderful, yeah. right? I mean, everything good that they did, they would start calling a list of everything good they did. So it became a, a session where they just praised that child. And, and let me just tell you something. Every Friday night when it comes time for that, for that prayer, those children were there because they, they knew that mom and dad was going to say stuff good about them instead of getting on to them for bad stuff. You know, they found out that there was power in the tongue if they would, they would speak the direction of their children to them and let them know who they are and what they could do in life. And I just want to challenge you because your words, what you say matters. Let me say that again. What you say matters. It matters. Again, watch this. Let's say our statement again. It's coming up. Ready? My words are the steering wheel of my life. Come on, say it one more time. You ready? My words are the steering wheel of my life. It just sets the direction of your life. Your words are that, and my words are that as well. Okay, number two is this. The second thing I would share with you that James begins to tell us is, is use my words to change my direction in my life. Use my words to do that. Your words ch can change the direction of your life. Your words can change the direction of your life. What you say about you can change everything. What you, what you declare about you and what you declare about your life, it matters what you say. If you say, well, you know what? I'm just a dummy. 
I'm just a dummy. If you say that, then guess what? You're always going to feel that way, and you're never going to try. If you say, you know what? Well, I'm no good at giving directions. Guess what? Well, you're never, ever going to be good at giving directions. If you say, you know, well, I'm grumpy in the mornings. Well, guess what? When you get up in the morning, everybody's going to leave you because that's what you're going to become, right? Listen, no elbows here and no elbows there, right? Yeah, he's talking about you. You know, those things that you say about yourself, you're going to fulfill. I would tell you this, you know, you will never, you will never be what you keep saying that you're not. You will never be, if you say, well, you know, I'm just no good with finances. Guess what? You'll never be good with finances. You'll always be week to week, you know, just trying to make it. If you always say, you know, well, I'm no good at math. Guess what? You'll never be good at math. Whatever you declare yourself to be no good at, you will follow suit with that. You will never be what you keep saying you're not. You will not be that. And I would challenge you today, stop saying that. What are you saying? You know, I'm just not the best husband in the world. Or I'm just not the best child in the world. I'm not the best mother in the world. If you keep saying it, you'll never be it. Stop saying those things and begin to declare who you are, right? Declare, listen, you know what? If you want to start exercising, say, I am a person who exercises. And get up in the morning and and, and put your gym clothes on. Go look in the mirror and say, oh, you look good. And take them back off and go back to bed. Whatever you want to do, right? (laughs) Hallelujah. That was the first step. I mean, you made a first step. That's all. Just take the first step. Do that for a week. Then maybe you might try to, you know, do something, right? You know, if, if you want to be a person who says, you know, I am a person who, 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 who loves God and who reads the Bible. I'm a person who reads the Bible. Guess what? You'll start reading the Bible. But more importantly, you need to know who you are and say, listen, every day declare, I am a child of God. I know who I am. I'm a child of God. And I know, I, I know that, that God's favors on my life. I know that God's blessings on my life. Even when I don't see him, I know he's working. I know that God's with me. I know he'll never forsake me. I know he'll never leave me. I'm a child of God. You cannot get me to doubt who I am. You may think I'm a nobody, but he thinks I'm a somebody. I am a child of God. Amen. Amen. What vitality that would bring to your day if every day you got up and looked in the mirror and said, hey, Jeff, you're a child of God, yeah. you know, and called yeah. your name, hey, you're a child of God. That's who you are. No matter what you feel like, you know, this year we declared that this year when we started in January that 2020 would be a decade of destiny. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I'm like, God, are you serious? That is not what I had in mind, that we wouldn't be able to meet for like three months. I had, that wasn't like what I thought we should start off with. If we're going to do this decade of destiny. But what, I, what I rem, I'm reminded of is that at the beginning of the year, I wrote down some things about declarations that I would make all year. And I wrote these down to last week of December. I said, all year, I'm going to write these down because every day I'm going to say these. And I've done that every day. I say these declarations every day. And I wrote them down. And I'm so glad because God used these declarations to prepare me for what was, we, we were going to go through. And that is this. The first thing I, I wrote down, and I declare every day, I am a follower of Jesus who brings honor to God. That's who I am. I am a husband who loves his wife. And when, listen, when we were like, uh, you know, quarantined together, I had to say that one many, many times. 
And I'm sure she had to say it a few times as well, right? I'm a father who loves and communicates with his children. I'm a person who speaks life. Thank God I had that written down. I'm a pastor who loves his people. I'm a leader of leaders. I'm a person who fears less. Thank God I had that declaration before all this happened, right? Or I might have freaked out myself. But because every day I got up and said, no, fear you're not going to have me because I'm I'm a person who fears less, right? I fear less. And then I am a generous person. I am a good finder in others. And I am a person who offers others an opportunity for a better life. And and to sum it all up, I am a worshiper. I'm going to worship God no matter what. In the good times and the bad times, no matter what's going on, even right now, with all the hysteria in the world, I am a lover of God. I love God. Amen? And that's what God's called us to do. You've got to decide. Speak those things over yourself, man. Declare those every day. Don't wait for me to tell you that. Don't wait for somebody else to tell you. You just go ahead and say who you are every day. I know who I am. And I know when you begin to declare the direction of your life, then you're going to go that way. Amen. Boy, that's good preaching right there. Isn't it? Amen. You better watch it. I'll amen myself right now. I've been in this room all by myself for months, and I'm just so excited to see you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I can't hardly contain myself. Oh, here's the next verse. This is one that I think Rhonda's prayed for me right here. Psalm 141, set a guard over Jeff's mouth, oh Lord, and keep keep watch over the doors of his lips. I think that's why we should all pray for ourselves, right? It says, set a guard over my mouth, O Lord, and keep watch over the doors of my lips. This, through this pandemic, there has not been any sports on until recently. And there's been a rerun of, or actually a documentary of Michael Jordan called The Last Dance. And it was good. I, I didn't watch all, you could see all of us, all a couple episodes of that. And here's a picture of MJ, uh, you know, the all-time greatest. I began to uh, listen to his story because I'm always interested in, in, in the story of people's lives. And he shared that, it was shared about him that in college, how in North Carolina, he actually enjoyed that. And in his junior year, he had no plans of leaving college to go to the NBA, uh, but his coaches insisted on that, that he would... They would do that. He said, you need to go ahead and go now. And so he went into the draft, and, and you know, Michael, John, uh, Michael Jordan was, a, was a, a pretty good guy. I mean, like a good guy in college, clean guy, is that he just didn't do all the crazy stuff. And he said, after he joined the Bulls, and they had been like, on, they was on their road trip of like their third game. He said he was sitting in his hotel room and like, okay, well, I'm going to go find what the, boy, the guys are doing, you know, and go find them. And he began to walk down the hallway of the hotel room and trying to find him, couldn't find him. And all of a sudden, he came to this room, and there was a lot of noise that was going on in that room. And so he knocked on the door, and all of a sudden, he heard it go quiet. And he said he could hear hear people whispering behind the door. And finally, somebody said, who is it? He said, it's Michael. He said, they opened it up and said, oh, it's a rookie. Come on in. He said he walked in, and when he did, he said the, the room was just filled with smoke of illegal cigarettes. And that this white powder, cocaine, was there waiting to be ingested. 
And he said, he looked at those people and says, Michael Jordan don't do that. Being a rookie, he looked at those people who are superior to him, and he said, I don't do that. I don't do that. I don't do drugs. I don't do that. And he said, I walked out of the room. I want to tell you, when I heard that, then I understood the success of his career. When he told him that I don't do that, that is not who I am. I am not that. I'm not a druggie. I'm not an alcoholic. I don't do that, no matter if everybody else is doing that. And I want to tell you, he became the greatest basketball player of all time because he decided who he was and not let everybody else decide who he's going to be. And I want to tell you, that's the key for your life as well, is that you got to decide this is who I am and who I'm going to be, and you're not going to tell me, amen? Your words give direction to your life. You see, your words give direction to your life, but they don't only give direction to your life, they give direction to other people's lives. The people that you have influence over, listen, you will give direction to their lives. The things that you say matter. What you say to your children matters. If you're a teacher, what you say to your students matters. If you're a coach, what you say to your students matters. If If you're a neighbor that your kids like, what you say matters. It matters to the people around you. It matters what you say. I would tell you that I read this and I think it's so true that people often become what the most important influencer in their lives say they'll become. In other words, they become what someone that they admire says. Abraham Lincoln has said this. Abraham Lincoln said, I am a success today because I had a friend who said he believed in me and I didn't have the heart to let him down. You, God has put those words in your mouth to set the course of somebody else's life. The greatest, the the most powerful letters in the alphabet. You want to know what they are? There's four powerful letters in the alphabet. Here they are. You ready? I see in you. I see in you. There's people all around you that that are waiting right now for you to call out the good in them. Listen, the whole world's been calling out their bad. They said, you're dumb. You know, you're too fat. You're too skinny. You're too broke. You're too this. You're too whatever. The world has called out all the bad in them all their lives that you don't look pretty enough or you're not smart enough. All, it's told them all their lives what they're not. Listen, the world is waiting on someone like you. Your neighbor's waiting. You know, your children are waiting. Your friends are waiting on you to say, I see in you that God's hand is on your life and that there's good in you, that you are good at math, that you are good at sports, that you are are good at tennis, you are good at dance, you are good at life, you are good at finances, you are good. I see in you. I see it in you. It's in you. God has called you, and he's called you, and he's called you. He's called you to call it out of them. And what you have to do is look, and you look past all the stuff on the surface, and there's good in that person. And it's up to you and me to call it out of them. I see in you. I see in you. I see in you. The power is in you. You can call it out. 
I wouldn't be standing here today if it wasn't for somebody that says, I see in you, Jeff. I didn't see anything in me. I didn't, I didn't see any good in me. I was like, you know, I don't, I'm just going to live in this small town and just make my way and, and just get by. But somebody said, no, I see it in you. There's good in you. And I can see what God can do through you. And I see that one day that you're going to be great, that God's going to use your life in a great way. And he's going to lead your life. They saw it in me. I didn't see it. And listen, I see in you. I want to tell you, I see men and women of God right now in this room that are good people, that are called by God and that are anointed by God. I see that in you, that you're called by him and you're directed by him and you are loved by him. You can't get away from him because his hand is on your life. I see in you. Amen. It's in you. It's in, it's in you. It's in, it's in you. It's there. You can't do anything. God's got his hand on you. You can't, it's there. There's good there. And I want to tell you, I don't know what everybody's told you. They say, well, you've been too bad. You can't do, no, 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 no. God forgives the bad and he cleanses our lives and gives a new start in him. And I see power in you. Hallelujah. You know what? I love our groups around here. We have small groups at SEC. And I love them because it's a time to where, listen, that we get to see the good in each other and we get to call it out. Say, I see in you. I would challenge you if you're not a part of a group. Why don't you just go ahead right now, go online to secview.net, next steps, and join a group. And watch what will happen in your life. So let's say again, it's coming up on the screen. Let's say our words again. You ready? Here we go. My words are a steering wheel of my life. That's right. Rhonda says, sometimes you use them to drive me crazy. That's too real, isn't it? Haven't you missed this? I miss you. I want you to know I'm preaching better today. That's right. Then people on the other side of the camera are like, man, what happened to that guy? He's gotten better. You made me better. That's right. Number three, the third thing is this, is use my words to heal. Hallelujah. Use my words to heal. Look what James says. James 3 and 5. So also the tongue is a small thing, but what enormous damage it can do. Amen? Amen. A great force can be set on fire by a tiny spark. He's talking about that just this little thing that you do can... And it can cause a lot of damage. You know, I was talking to Miss Hannah Woodson after the service. She heard the first service. And we were talking about fire. You know, fire inside of a, in a fireplace is so wonderful, isn't it? I mean, it's nice and warm and cozy in the wintertime. And it sort of draws you in. But a fire outside of that fireplace in a house is trouble, isn't it? Yes. I mean, that would be big trouble. And we were talking about how that, you know, uh, playing with fire is bad and and Hannah said, you know, Pastor Jeff, you know, I want you to know that my grandfather told me that if we played with fire, we'd wet the bed. <laughs> How many of you were told that? Anybody beside me? I was told that. Okay, the few of us come from the country, right? <laughs> she said it was true. <laughs> but, we, you know, we saw the tragedy of this. In the mountains, the Smoky Mountains, a few years ago, there's some young boys that went up and they were playing with fire. And the woods caught on fire. And then acres upon acres burned and it went into the, 
to the residential area and destroyed hundreds of homes and property. And matter of fact, that whole area has been changed because of that fire and, and people lost their lives because of that fire. And I want to tell you, we have to be careful what we say. Use our words to heal. Look what Proverbs 12 and 18 says. It says, thoughtless words can wound as deeply as any sword. Sword. But let's read the last part together. You ready? Come on. Wisely spoken words can heal. Amen, everybody. Amen. Wisely spoken words can heal. Proverbs 18 and 21 says this. Let's read this one together. It's short. Let's say it. The tongue has the power of life and death. The tongue has the power. You see, your words can kill or heal. Your words can bless or stress. And your words can repair or tear. Let me say that again. Your words can bless, your words can heal or kill, bless or stress, repair or tear. You get to choose what your words are going to do. You get to choose. You don't get to choose the consequences, but you get to choose the words. Because there's always consequences, isn't there, of, that, of words that are spoken that way. I want to show you something here. You're going to be jealous. I'm going to tell you right now because I have something that you want. You can't have it right now. It's bubbles. My turn, my turn. Look at it, they're still flying. You, you like that, didn't you? I can tell you, you like that. Didn't you? Let's see if I can get them over here to you. They're still going. You see those bubbles? It took my breath to make those bubbles. The same thing, it takes my breath to make my words. And many of you think that when you say your words, they just go into nowhere. That's not true. Just like those bubbles live on and they fly somewhere. And they're going to touch something that's going to make them burst to receive it. Some, your words in your life have that power. What you say doesn't stop. It just doesn't stop there with what you said. Let me tell you something. One of the secrets that I've learned in my life is this. Is that it, what's helped me in my marriage more than anything else, what's helped me with my children and what has helped me with my coworkers, my friends and my family is this, is that everything that comes to my mind, I don't have to say. Yes. Everything that comes to my mind, I don't have to say. No matter if you think it's good for them or not, and no matter what, if you think it's going to retaliate or not, everything that comes to my mind, I don't have to say. It's better to leave something unsaid than to try to to try to go back and let somebody uh, make someone unhear what you said. Let me say it again. It's better to leave something unsaid than to try to go to someone and make them unhear what you said. We've all done that, right? Oh, you didn't understand me right. I didn't mean it that way. Oh, yes, you said it. And it doesn't, you said it and it come out that way. So that's it. Whether you meant it that way or not. I want to tell you something. In our country right now, there's trouble. Yes. I want you to know that words matter. Yes. And I just want to go on the record and say, you know what? What happened to George Floyd, Floyd was bad and wrong and should have never happened. Amen. 
It was bad. It was wrong. And it should have never, ever happened. And we got to do better than that. And what's happening with riots all over our cities is wrong and bad. And it shouldn't happen. So I'm going to tell you, two wrongs never make a right. And so here I am as a pastor who loves our people, loves our community. And I've asked myself, what can I do to help? Because in me, I want to run into the back. I want to run in and fix it. I want to say, oh, no, here's what we need to do. And I've asked myself, how can I help this situation? And I've determined there's only one thing to do. And that is this, is that we as a church love people for who they are. We love them whether red, yellow, black, or white. Amen. Because all are precious in God's sight. Amen, everybody. We love people. We love people. I want you to know the Bible says that love never fails. And we are determined that we're going to love people no matter what. You say, you know, Pastor Jeff, there's some things that's got to be changed. Yes, there are things that have to be changed. But let me tell you something. It's changed through the power of love. Love, it never fails. Criticism fails. Love never fails. And I want you to know something today. As your pastor, I think that we have an opportunity here for the world to look at Stockbridge Community Church and say, how do they do it? How do they, how do they be, become such a diverse group of people and still are united together? And we're going to show the world that if you love Jesus and you love everybody else, that things have a way of working out and that we will speak the truth in love. We will love one another. I want you to know, I love you. 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 And I love you. There's nothing that you can do about it. You don't have to love me. That's okay. But I'm going to love the socks off you. I'm going to love you so much. And I'm going to, I'm going to tell you that you are somebody in God's sight. When everybody has cast you aside, I want you to know that I want to love you and let you know that God loves you and he cares for you. And you're somebody and that you matter to God. Your life has purpose. God loves you, and I love you, and we're going to love you. We're going to be a church that loves people. We're going to be a church that cares for people. No matter what the world does, we're going to love people in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? You are not going to divide us. You're not going to sideline us. We are going to speak up in the power of love and tell you that Jesus is the way. It doesn't matter your bank account. It doesn't matter your business. It doesn't matter your skin color. That we love you no matter what. In Jesus, you are somebody. Amen. You're it. It's going to, listen, this is our mission. The whole community is looking to us. The whole community is looking to us and saying, how do you do it? And we're going to tell them that we do it in the name of Jesus through love. We don't just say love. We give love. Amen. And we love the unlovable. That means you can come in with a snarl on your face if you want to. But we're going to smile. And in a few weeks, we're going to put our arms around you. And we're going to love you. Right? what the world needs and we're going to be that those bubbles that you saw that's going to be SEC we're going to give love we're not going to let any more poison go we're going to give love and we're going to share love and that's what we've done that's what those people that wrote us those cards says thank you for your love 
He said, bless you. And I tell you, that's what solves this issue is love. Amen. We treat one another like we want to be treated. I want you to remain standing. We're going to sing this song together. And as we sing this song together, I want you to know that God is going to, I believe he's going to, this song begins talking about how there's chaos in the world. It's a matter how he brings it together. And let me say this before we sing this song. If you're not a Christ follower today, the greatest words that you will ever say in your life is, dear Lord Jesus, save me. That's the greatest words you'll ever say. Don't you leave this room today without saying those words. You need Jesus. Wherever you are watching, say those words, dear Lord Jesus, come in my life and save me. And when you do that, we just simply to ask you to let us know. And even in this room, we don't have any paper here today. We ask you just to text the words following Christ to that number. And when you do, we want to send you a book that I've written just for you. It's called His Next Steps. Today, I want you to do that. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for our time together today. And Lord, for those that are praying right now, Lord Jesus, come into my life and save me. Lord, save them. And God... America, oh Lord, is not dead, but we're alive because of you, oh God. And Lord, what the enemy has meant for evil, you're going to turn to good. Because God, he's meant to turn the fires of hell up, oh God, but you're turning the fires of heaven up. Lord, the Holy Spirit's fires come down on this Pentecost Sunday today. Your spirit is moving among us, oh God, and we feel your presence. And it draws us together as brothers and sisters in Christ. We just thank you today. In Jesus' name. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.